Good morning and welcome to worship on this uh, beautiful fall morning. It's right in the middle of uh, school holidays. I'm so glad that a few of you didn't go away and are here to uh, join and worship today. It is good to see you. My name is Doug Brower. I'm a pastor at IPC, Sam Jerpy. I've been pointing to an empty chair uh, for three weeks, but Sam is back with us and uh, I'm delighted to uh, say hello to him. If you are visiting with us, we welcome you. In fact, uh, I would like to get to know you uh, in a moment. Uh, but I have a, a couple of announcements to make first. And my announcements are about inserts in your bulletin for today. Uh, next Saturday evening, <clears throat> there is going to be something called uh, United Praise 2017. And uh, what this is, is a, a, a group of immigrant churches have come together and have decided to have a joint worship service. And it's going to be primarily uh, music, and it's going to be uh, primarily very lively uh, music. And I've, I've been a part of the planning team and, and I'm looking forward to this. The, the insert says that we are going to meet at the Prediger Kirche. And up until last week, that was the plan. Uh, but because of the uh, uh, challenging acoustics there, we've decided to move about five minutes away to the Friedenskirche. And if you come to the Prediger Kirche anyway, you will find me at the front door uh, encouraging you to go uh, to the Friedenskirche. Anyway, uh, Saturday evening. Uh, beginning at 6.30. We'd love to see you there. And then, uh, here's another bulletin insert. Uh, on the last Sunday of this month, October 29, uh, we are going to observe the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, and that's going to begin in worship. Uh, our worship service that day is going to be uh, about the Reformation and some of the themes of the Reformation. The music is going to be from the Reformation. In fact, we're going to dedicate a few Bibles that morning, and as you've heard me say before, maybe uh, what better day to dedicate a pew Bible than on the day, uh, uh, well, the anniversary of the day when uh, Luther put the uh, Bible in the hands of church members in their own language. So uh, worship uh, to celebrate on October 29, followed by a lunch and then a, a Reformation walk. And we have a, a terrific tour guide who's going to take us on a walk through the old part of Zurich and uh, I've heard about the itinerary, and I think it's going to be very uh, interesting. Uh, you don't have to sign up to come to worship, but we do ask you to sign up if you're coming to lunch and you're signing up to be part of the, uh, the walk. All right. Uh, if you are visiting with us today, I would we would love to meet you. Um, what we ask is that you stand and tell us uh, your name and where you are from, and one of our ushers will come over with a microphone so that we can hear you. Uh, or if you've been away for a long time and are just back, uh, we'd love to say hello to you too. <laughs> Anyone? Okay. That's very unusual. Then, um, Volkmar Yekli, uh, one of our elders, uh, has some further joys and concerns for us today. 
So, good morning, everyone. Um, same as usual, gentle reminder to turn off your cell phones or put it on mute, please. Um, the prayer team will be available again um, after the service if you have uh, any prayers or praises um, that you would like to uh, pray with um, the team. Um, for all that, uh, for all the digital natives or those who want to become one, um, we have the um, order of worship uh, now available also on our website under worship. So please feel free to download, take with you, um, and use it. Now, um, before we start, I would like to ask um, Michael Weeks. Um, our treasurer, uh, to give us a short update on the church finances. So good morning, everyone. Um, I just wanted to um, use this opportunity to uh, give you an update on where the church stands for the year. Um, so for, during the first nine months of uh, this year, the church um, right now shows a deficit of 54,000 Swiss francs. Um, to give you some context on where this comes from, our, um, our spending so far in the year is in, a, in accordance with our budget, actually a little bit below. Um, the main driver of this change is that um, giving so far this year has been around 10% below um, what giving had been um, in the prior year. Um, to put that in context, um, with uh, just over 400 members in IPC, the difference between where giving is now and where giving would need to be to... Um, uh, match this deficit on a sustained basis is about 15 francs per member um, in monthly giving. So I just wanted to uh, bring this to your attention and ask that you would uh, prayerfully consider this as you consider um, your giving to IPC in the future. Thank you. Oh, if you, if you have any questions about what's going on, do feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'd be happy to uh, uh, answer any questions or maybe share things in more detail if you think that would be helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for the update. And um, I would also like to ask Peter to give us a short update on the Pastoral Search Committee. Good morning, everybody. Um, September 24th, the congregation elected seven members to work as the Pastoral Selection Committee. Uh, we have organized ourselves, and I have been elected to chair the process in this time around. Um, we have taken a page from the adult education program from Doug, and we started out the process by meeting together for prayer. We have prayed together, and we have started launching several processes which will lead to the uh, open call, which will happen later this year. What I would, I would uh, as chair, I will periodically come before the congregation and give you an update Right now, there's not so much to say, but what I can ask the congregation, all the home groups to do, is to pray for us, pray for the process. It's less of a job to do when you realize that God has already picked somebody for us, and it's only our job to find out who God's choice for us is. That makes a big difference, so pray for us. Thank you, Peter. So now, finally, before we start with the worship, um, Daniel, um, I invite you to uh, give us an uh, update on the Sean people, our adopted people. Good morning. 
Um, as many of you know, that we, uh, we are currently in the month of October, which is the traditional um, prayer and awareness month for the Shan people group, the people group in Myanmar that we have adopted 15 years ago. So um, I encourage you to keep praying for them. There's great progress that has been reported. Um, people, there's a uh, growing openness to the gospel in areas where um, missionaries work amongst the Shan. And um, it's great to be uh, connected to this uh, mission field. So there's a, a prayer guide in German and one in English that you can get at the book table. We have, we're going to have a special Shan um, book table downstairs um, at the coffee hour. And um, you can also get um, daily updates and daily prayer requests on email, Facebook and Twitter. It's in your bulletin. And we encourage you to continue to pray and, and be involved in this, in this, in this missions uh, effort um, as we hope to see more and more of the Shan turn to Christ and reach out to their own uh, people group. So thank you for everyone who is uh, part of it. And uh, if you would like to add um, financially, there's also a little, um, there's a place downstairs where, at the book table where you can help us um, in this work. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Daniel, and uh, let's prepare our hearts and minds for worship, please. Please join me in the call to worship as it can be found in your bulletin. God of life, in your hand we find our lives. Be present with us in this time together. Let your spirit mold us, shape us, and remake us in this morning and every day until we conform to the shape that you call us to take, the shape of love known and shown in Jesus the Christ. Amen. Please stand and sing hymn number 446, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken.
Please remain standing as we pray our prayer of confession together. Please pray with me. My Lord Jesus Christ, you are indeed the good shepherd, and I, alas, am a lost and straying sheep. I have fear and anxiety. I would gladly belong to your flock and be with you and have peace in my heart. I hear from your word that you are as anxious for me as I am for you. I am eager to know how I can come to you to be helped. Come to me, O Lord. Seek me and find me. Help me also to come to you, and I will praise you and honor you forever. Brothers and sisters in Christ, while it is true that we have sinned, it is a greater truth that we are forgiven through God's love in Jesus Christ. To all who humbly seek the mercy of God, I say, in Jesus Christ, your sin is forgiven. Please be seated. At this time, I would like to invite all of the children present to come forward for the children's message. If there's any kids, come on up. And that one. (laughs) Thank you, CN. Come on up, guys. So scoot on in, you guys. It's great to see you all. It's great to be with you all again. Um, as you see, we have some visitors. They're going to be with you guys for Sunday school. So I have a question. How many of you guys like to draw? You guys like to draw? Anyone like to draw? I do. I like to draw. When I was your age, I used to really love to draw. So I'm going to draw you guys a picture. Is that okay? Can I draw you guys a picture? Yeah? All right. What should I draw? What should I draw? A penguin. That's a great answer. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said an animal and not a person. Okay. 
So I'm going to do my best to draw you a penguin, okay? Oh boy, here we go. So what do penguins have? Do they have beaks or mouths? Okay, we'll draw a little beak. Oh, this is tough while holding a microphone. All right, they got eyes, right? Penguins have eyes? Yeah, okay, we'll draw, draw some eyes. There we go. Oh, that's pretty good. And then they, do they have wings or flippers? What do, do penguins have wings or flippers? Wings? Okay, this penguin's going to have wings. All right. Let's see here. There we go. What do penguins' feet look like? I'm getting help from an orangutan right now. Yeah. They're, okay, so this penguin's going to have rocket ship feet. All right. Oh, boy, this is, this is a catastrophe. Okay. So, and then we're going to have rocket ship feet. This is the coolest penguin I've ever seen. There we go. That's one rocket ship foot. And the other. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'm going to ask you guys. I'm going to show you my picture of a penguin with rocket ship feet. And I'm going to ask you to vote if it's good or bad by raising your hand. Okay. So, and you guys can be honest. It's okay. All right. It's a safe place. I trust you guys. So if you think my penguin with rocket ship feet is good, <laughs> raise your hand. You guys think it's all right? How, okay, who thinks it's bad? Who thinks it's not a very good drawing? You guys can be honest. It's okay. Okay, the orangutan doesn't like my penguin. I tried my best. It looks more like a pigeon. Okay. Well, here's, here's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. I didn't want to talk about drawing or penguins, although I do like penguins. You know... It's okay to give your opinion and to tell someone what you think if they ask you, right? If I asked you what you thought of my drawing and, and, and you said, well, I don't really like it, that's okay because I asked, right? But I had a question for you. If someone was drawing a picture in school or if someone was drawing a picture in class or at home if, you, if your brother or sister was drawing a picture, would it be okay to go up to them and tell them you thought it was a bad picture or to make fun of it? Well, that's kind of mean, huh? Well, let me ask you this. Is it okay to ever make jokes or to make fun of other people if they don't know it? No, of course not. It's mean, isn't it? You know, in life, sometimes, you know, the big word for it is called criticism. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. You know, in the Bible, there was a guy named Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And some people came around and didn't like what he was doing. And they used to make fun of him. And they would make fun of him and say what he was doing was silly and a waste of time. But you know what? That's called criticizing. It's not a very good thing. And let me ask you guys, what's better, to encourage someone or to criticize them? Yeah, to encourage them. Do you guys know what encourage means? Encourage means to tell people nice things. To tell them, you know what? Maybe this isn't a perfect picture of a penguin. But... We can encourage someone, you know what, Sam? Keep drawing. Keep trying to draw penguins with rockets on their feet. Because encouraging is a lot better than criticizing. And so for you guys, I just wanted to let you guys know that no matter what happens, no matter what you do, that you can always be an encourager and someone who builds other people up to keep growing and being like Jesus, okay? So whether it's drawing, whether it's sports, whether it's whatever... 
you can always encourage and love other people by complimenting them and encouraging them rather than telling them that their penguin's not a very good drawing. But it's okay, because I asked you guys, and I wanted to know your opinion. And I'll keep practicing, okay? Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray that we would all be better at encouraging our brothers and our sisters and our friends. And then we're going to break off into our Sunday school classes, okay? Okay, so will you guys pray with me? All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much for loving us and being with us. And Lord, I pray that we would all, not just the children and not just the adults, Lord, but all of us together, that we would be encouraging, that we would be loving, that we would not speak harshly towards one another, but that we would build one another up. Lord, let us love others the way you love us, perfectly, holy, and with great compassion. Jesus, we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we have some special instructions. So if you are two, three, four, or five, you're going to follow the orangutan and the tiger down to the French large basement. Okay? And then children, if you are six to 11, you're going to stay seated and and work on an activity booklet in the back. Okay? All right, ready, break. Go ahead. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, and can be found in your uh, church Bibles on the page 433. Now, when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he mocked the Jews. He said in the presence of his associates and of the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore things? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish it in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burnt ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, That stone wall they are building, any fox could go up on it, it would break it down. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their taunt back on their own heads, and give them back... Uh, and give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt, and do not let their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have hurled insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and the gaps were beginning to be closed, they were very angry and all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. So we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. This is the word of the Lord.
Thank you, Elias, and thank you, Ruth. Uh, we are engaged uh, this fall in what is quite a long sermon series, what for me is c- quite a long sermon series on the book of Nehemiah, uh, a book I knew very little about until Sam introduced me to a, a popular book about Nehemiah by the American pastor and, and author Charles Swindoll. The book is called Hand Me Another Brick, and it's going to be available at the next uh, bookstall w- whenever that is later this month. Uh, So uh, last summer, as I was preparing for this series, and as I was uh, spending more time with Nehemiah than I had ever spent before, uh, the more energized I became. Uh, As I hope you've uh, realized by now, there's a great deal to learn uh, from this book and from this Old Testament figure named Nehemiah. Uh, Just to bring you up to speed, Nehemiah was one of God's people in exile after Jerusalem and its walls and Uh, and its uh, temple were destroyed. The leading citizens were uh, marched off into exile, uh, which was to last about 70 years, one of the most disruptive uh, events in Israel's history. And if you know anything about Israel's history, then you know that's saying something. And Nehemiah, who was uh, most likely born in exile, who had never uh, seen the land of his his parents and and grandparents, uh, rose to a very high position, Uh, in the the palace of the Persian king, only to feel God's call in his life to return to Jerusalem, uh, to take part in the rebuilding, and specifically to take part in the rebuilding of the walls of the city. Uh, We haven't talked about this yet, uh, but in many ways, this is one of those classic call stories uh, in the Bible. Uh, maybe uh, Maybe you're aware of this. God's call is almost never to higher salaries and to better climates. Uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but uh, it's true, and you might, think that, uh, you might think that it's not true if you listen to some of your Christian friends, uh, but if you uh, doubt that it's true, I have some stories from both the Old and New Testaments that I would like to show you. Right? Uh, Jesus, in fact, was very direct about this when he said that to follow him was to follow the way of the cross. So such an easy part of the Bible simply to gloss over. In any case, Nehemiah hears God's call in his life, and then he asks the king, Artaxerxes, for a transfer to Jerusalem. And last week, as you may recall, uh, he finally arrived in Jerusalem only to see the desperate situation uh, in front of him. Uh, Jerusalem in the 5th century B.C. uh, was a ruin, or uh, very close to a ruin, and somehow, uh, we looked at this last week, somehow... Uh, Nehemiah was able to convince the people uh, who were still living in the land to join him in rebuilding the walls of the city, which, as it turns out, uh, triggered quite a bit of uh, criticism and opposition. Uh, Our New Testament lesson for today is from uh, Paul's writings. Uh, Paul himself, as I think you know, was no stranger to opposition. He experienced far more opposition I'm thinking then Nehemiah did, uh, beatings, uh, a stoning one time, imprisonment. And so uh, I want to uh, read for you today about what the Apostle Paul has to say about his experience of opposition. And this is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I will uh, begin reading with verse 4. But we have this treasure in in jars of clay to show that this all-encompassing or all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, 
perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends of Jesus Christ, criticism, opposition, resistance, hostility, these are unpleasant words. I think you would agree they stir in most of us, they certainly stir in me some strong feelings such as hurt and and anxiety, sometimes fear. Uh, They make us, uh, occasionally, they make us want to fight back. Uh, There isn't a person here, I imagine, who enjoys being attacked, who looks forward to having his or her integrity questioned, who is thrilled when his or her motives are ridiculed. Uh, Most of us are are conflict avoiders to, to one degree or another, and opposition is certainly a kind of conflict, so we avoid it if we can. So I'm approaching this subject today with a a great deal of caution. This is a difficult subject for most of us. When I preach sermons about forgiveness, there are almost always people who need to talk after the the service about people they can't seem to forgive or situations they can't seem to put behind them. This is another subject that's like that. All or almost all of us have experienced criticism of one kind or another, and, and when we hear it, Uh, or or when when we receive it, it it often feels unfair or uh, undeserved. We we think, well, how can you say that? Or uh, who are you to say that? Who who died and made you king? And and even if there was a tiny microscopic bit of truth in in what was said, the criticism often feels as though it's it's been given in an insensitive or an uncaring way, and, and, and that's why it stings. So our first response is often to, to hit back or to escalate. You know, we, we feel like responding in kind. Uh, or sometimes uh, people just leave. They, they walk out as if to say, well, who needs this? Uh, many of our responses in adulthood are responses that we learned uh, a long time ago in childhood. So if we were criticized, if we are criticized in adulthood, our, our response Uh, can often be traced to something we experienced as children. Uh, If our parents criticized us or they weren't especially uh, loving or caring in the way they gave us feedback, we we, we had this automatic or or built-in response, and it it comes from deep within. Uh, There is a criticism of young adults today, I'm sure you've heard this, that they have been shielded from criticism and that they've been pampered as, as they've grown up and So when they were growing up, they were given awards and trophies just for showing up, you know, uh, to play the game or whatever it was. So the thinking goes, they're ill-prepared now as adults uh, to deal with honest feedback. They're confused in the workplace uh, because no one has ever given them direct feedback uh, about their work. And I don't really know what to, to think about all that. I tend to think it's greatly exaggerated, but I know this much. Uh, no one, young or old, likes to receive criticism. Uh, No one is really prepared to deal with criticism. When Nehemiah 
against all odds, convinced the elders of the city to join him in rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem, uh, we would have expected uh, admiration for his efforts. Uh, No one had volunteered for the job, after all. Uh, We would have expected people, at the very least, to express some grudging appreciation to Nehemiah for having gained the support of the people. I mean, this was no small accomplishment. Uh, But if that's what you think, right, you you have never introduced a new idea. Uh, You you have never offered a suggestion. You have never started a new venture. The fact of the matter is, opposition to new ideas and new ways of doing things almost always results in criticism and opposition and and resistance and hostility. And the question is, how does the person of faith respond to that? How do Christ followers deal with the inevitable opposition that, that comes from living and working with other people? What do we do? Uh, If you've heard at least one sermon in this series, then you already know how Nehemiah uh, responds to uh, criticism. Does anyone know? I mean, please tell me that you've heard this much in our study of Nehemiah. Nehemiah prayed. His first response? Well, of course, it was to pray. Nehemiah's first response to everything he did was to pray about it. God called him to return to Jerusalem. He prayed. He wanted to ask the king for a transfer to Jerusalem and to leave his position in the palace. He prayed. He arrives in Jerusalem and sees the sorry state of affairs there. He prays. So, you know by now I'm a little tired of it. Nehemiah prayed about everything. I will never be as good as Nehemiah. I try. I mean, I really do. But let's face it, he was a superstar. There's a book in the Bible about his life. My first response to reading that Nehemiah prayed about Sambalot's criticism, which was totally unfair, by the way, was to roll my eyes thinking that this man, Nehemiah, was too good to be true. Of course he prays. Here we go again. He's praying. And then I remembered something. My understanding of prayer is often, far too often, as a matter of fact, quite limited. What if Nehemiah's prayer, and and we don't know exactly what he prayed, parts of it are given here, but what what if at this moment his prayer sounded something like this? Dear God, I can't stand that guy, Sambalot. Right? I hate him. I am not proud of that, but I do. I ask your forgiveness, but I could sense from the moment I first met him that he was an evil person. I wish you would smite him with your mighty hand and teach him a lesson he will never forget. Amen. (laughs) What do you think about that prayer? Uh, You know, if that prayer sounds strange to you, if you couldn't imagine saying those words or or words very much like them aloud in, in, in prayer, I wish you would read the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms has a number of prayers. They're called uh, imprecatory prayers, which uh, I would say are so surprising in their intensity, in their anger, in their honesty, and in the way they speak about enemies. I mean, what if uh, you were to learn something from the person who wrote the Psalms about how to pray 
in these situations. Uh, Swindoll, whose book uh, you heard is my inspiration for this series, Swindoll has a wonderful way of putting this, and since I can't approve on his words, I'm just going to quote them for you. He says, let your first response to criticism be an honest, cathartic, soul-cleansing season of prayer and take as long as you need. My favorite words there are a soul-cleansing season of prayer. I don't think that anyone in my life, certainly not the pastor of uh, my church when I was a child, uh, no pastor since then, has ever encouraged me to enter a soul-cleansing season of prayer. But I think I would like it. I think occasionally I need it. Why don't we pray like that more often? Maybe your prayer life could use a good dose of honesty and authenticity. And, and, And when you're finished praying with honesty and authenticity, a few things are going to become clear. One, God is not shocked by anything you said. God has heard it all before and much more. Two, you will not have responded to your enemy in a way you later regret. Because, of course, you didn't say any of this to your enemy but to God. And three, maybe best of all, you will be changed. Right? In the act of prayer, you will be changed. Maybe this is the reason that Jesus encouraged us to to pray for our enemies. When we pray for them or when we pray about them, you will be more willing to listen, maybe. More willing to get along, more willing to refocus on the task at hand. Look, a great deal has been written, as I think you know about criticism and how to respond to it. If you don't believe me, just Google it. It's all there. Uh, There's a lot of advice uh, out there about how to handle uh, our critics. And and most of the advice uh, I I found says that we should listen uh, to criticism. No matter how unjustified, uh, no matter how angry it makes us feel, we should listen. Proverbs 15, which uh, Swindoll quotes in this connection, tells us that a wise man, and I assume a wise woman too, uh, listens to a rebuke. Another proverb, this one is in Proverbs 27. This proverb says that sometimes we need the faithful wounds of a friend. Well, that's interesting. So take the time to listen to what others have to say. Ask clarifying questions. Make sure you understand before you respond. A person who won't listen can't be helped. That one isn't in the book of Proverbs, I made that up. But it's true. Right? People who don't listen will never get better at whatever it is they are doing, whatever it is they've been called to do. The next uh, uh, piece of advice I read was don't overreact. Uh, don't speak too quickly. Uh, Jesus, as you know, was often silent in the face of opposition, even when We read the story and we want him to respond. These are such obvious situations. We want Jesus to say something and yet he refuses to defend himself. He is stubbornly quiet. Whatever you do, if you respond in anger, chances are that you will regret having done so. So step back, take a deep breath, bite your tongue, not literally, but you know what I mean. Don't hit the send button. 
on that, that fiery email that, that you felt so good about writing. Let it sit and, and, and simmer and soak for a few hours. Overnight would be even better. You know, in, in the good old days before email, uh, people uh, would leave church on Sunday and they would think about what they heard in a sermon that they didn't like very much. And uh, sometimes they would get out a note card and they would write down a few thoughts and, and they would stick a, a, a stamp on, on the envelope and, and, and then they would put it in the post on Monday morning. And by Wednesday, when I was much in, in a much better frame of mind to receive their comments, uh, I, I would be able to listen to just about anything. Right? Just about. Uh, today, criticism comes so much faster. Uh, one time, this was at my last church, there was a, a text message composed during the offering uh, waiting for me in my office when I got back there after the service. I'm so glad I didn't have my phone in my pocket. And it was a response to something I had said in, in the sermon. It was okay, it wasn't devastating, uh, but I would have responded so much better if it had come on Wednesday. Proverbs 15 again. A soft answer turns away wrath. But harsh words stir up anger. Next time, wait a few hours before hitting the send button. Uh, next, uh, I would say, uh, learn from it, uh, whatever the criticism is. And, and, and yes, I know most of the time the criticism we received is way wide of the mark. Uh, you might be criticized for something you could do nothing about. It rained, and somehow that's your fault. But sometimes there is a nugget of wisdom, right? something that, that, that might be useful to you. So hunt for it and, and take it to heart and apply it. All of the literature I could find, the, the Christian literature, counsels us to pray about criticism. And, and sometimes those prayers should be requests for wisdom. In other words, Lord, is this true? Should I pay attention to this criticism or not? What are you trying to say to me through this? Grant me your grace to respond as I should, as Christ would respond in this situation. And then last but not least, maybe the, the, the best bit of advice that I could find about this subject, the response that, that Nehemiah models for us, is to forget about it. Uh, listen to your critics, as I said, learn what you can, but then forget about them and move on. Uh, if the criticism was useful, well, then you've gained something and, and oh, you've grown as a person. If the criticism was not useful, if it wasn't even justified, then you've learned something about patience and understanding and turning the other cheek. Congratulations. Right? But, but whatever you do, keep moving forward. Uh, do you know something? Nehemiah, who, uh, as I said, can be too good to be true uh, at times, uh, remembered who he was in this situation. He was the leader of a group of people who were uh, doing very hard work. So instead of letting the criticism get him down, instead of letting the, the criticism derail the building project, he took the opportunity to encourage his workers. And, and when the critics heard this, maybe you recall from hearing the story read, 
the, the critics were all the more intense and they criticized all the more vehemently. So, so Nehemiah did something else that I like. He posted guards to protect his people. So here's what I, here's what I would like you to remember. Uh, you are going to be criticized. Uh, unless you never leave your home or apartment, you are going to be criticized. And most likely, someone will criticize you if, if you never leave your apartment. Right? You can't win. Uh, criticism is going to be a part uh, of life. Right? Uh, and, and it's unfair, but then life is not always fair. So here's what I would say. Pray about it. Express every unholy thought you have to God above, knowing that God has heard it all before, and God will be pleased that you are finally being honest and authentic in your prayer life. If there is anything in the criticism that you should pay attention to, do that. And then finally, get back to work. The, the work that God has given you to do, and do it as well as you are capable of doing. Will you pray with me? Let us pray. Gracious God, once again, we are thankful to you for the example of Nehemiah, right? for the godliness of his life and for the godliness of his approach to work. We pray that there is something about this man we can take to heart and apply to our own lives when we experience criticism, when, when others are unfair to us and in the statements they make about us, uh, help us to pray. Help us to turn to you. Help us to listen. And then, if it's not worth listening to, help us to set aside and get back to the work that you have given us to do. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Our hymn is number 276, and if you are able... I invite you to stand.
Please be seated. Please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we, um, we thank you for your daily provision. We thank you for everything that you give to us, for your creation and your love for everyone. We thank you for this church and we thank you for this sermon and for the people of Switzerland, the country you have placed us in today. Dear Lord, we, um, as, as IPC is not supported by any government or state, is independent and free and depends on the contributions of its members, we ask you that um, you give us the grace to um, give freely, to remove any fear of giving that we might have, and give us thank you for the opportunity now to support financially your work towards your kingdom. We pray that everything that we give will be strictly used for your kingdom, for your purposes, and ultimately for the preparation of your return. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
please be seated and um, join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we, um, we praise you for who you are, for your love, our free will, and the time and multiple chances and choices you give us to turn to you and depend on you. Lord, we are deeply troubled by the recent events and, and sometimes we don't know where to start to pray. And for the, for the sake of our tears, we come now before you with our concerns and intercessions. Lord, we, um, we ask you to look closely and to tend to all people who have been directly or indirectly impacted by the recent shootings in Las Vegas. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, we continue to pray for comfort and strength for all people worldwide suffering as a result of war, terror, conflict, or fights for political, social, economic, racial, or religious, religious dominance or from struggle over wealth and resources in every sort of way. We pray for wisdom for all leaders worldwide and specific, specifically that you move the hearts of the leaders of North and South Korea, China, and the United States towards peace. And also for the leaders of Spain for wise handling of the Catalonia conflict. We also pray for the people of Germany and their leaders in wisely dealing with the aftermath of the national election. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for fortified spiritual and physical strength and perseverance for all persecuted believers and for all people working as missionaries, deacons, elders, anyone that is in ministry. Please protect those working for your kingdom from burnout, depression, feelings of desolation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for the church worldwide, its unity and purity. And may you give all church leaders the wisdom and strength to grow their congregation without sacrificing the teachings of Jesus. We praise you for giving us our pastors, Doug and Sam, and their wives. We ask you to protect and strengthen them and lead them at all times by the Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Let us take time to pray for our adopted people, the Sean people. We praise you that a number of Sean have turned to Christ, especially when their alcohol and drug problems threatened to destroy their lives and the lives of their families. We give thanks to some of these Sean that are now leading godly Christian lives before their families and fellow villagers. We pray that Sean radio broadcast can continue to bring testimonies, Sean worship music and gospel radio programming to anyone with a short radio wave with a short wave radio who desires to tune in. 
We pray that radio broadcasts would enter into Shan homes and villages where no believer has gone before and the gospel has not yet been heard. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for our bosses in the workplace, for wisely managing the workplace and the treatment of their direct reports. We pray for protection for ourselves from spiritual attacks, stronger faith and the removal of doubt, and most important, for more reliance on you. We pray for all men, women, parents, and children that suffer from broken relationships, separation, divorce, and the death of a loved one. Please give us grace to respond to criticism with soul-searching cleansing. And please give us grace to forgive and grace to deal with humiliation and feelings of abandonment. Lord, have mercy with us and help us to remove thoughts of hate, revenge, retaliation, and maybe even murder. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Now let us pray for our own, for our own personal concerns in a minute of silence. And now, as uh, Jesus taught his disciples, let us pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you can, please stand up and sing with us together hymn number 299.